International Baptist College is a dynamic ministry of Tri-City Baptist Church in Chandler. IBC offers three Bachelor of Arts degrees and four graduate degrees. The professors at IBC desire to teach students how to think, live, and lead from a conservative biblical worldview. Whether you are pursuing a degree or laying a biblical foundation for your life, IBC will mentor you into ministry. Please check out our website at ibconline.edu or call 1-800-IBC-4858 for more information. children, for instance, know about how you got saved? Do your grandchildren know your personal testimony? Do they know? It isn't something that we just ought to tell every once in a while. It's something that we ought to regularly repeat how God has delivered us. Celeste Montague. Welcome to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, featuring the teaching of senior pastor Dr. Kevin Shaw. Dare to Stand is on the radio to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to all who will listen, to carefully teach the truth of God's Word, and to encourage a healthy lifestyle of worshiping and honoring God. For more details about Dare to Stand or the ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church, please visit www.daretostand.org or call the church at 623-581-3115. You can receive a free MP3 copy of today's message or the entire series in MP3 format for a small fee by contacting the church. Well, today we conclude our study in the book of Esther with our final lesson titled, Remembering Deliverance. This account of God's deliverance for the Jews was critical to the history of the Jews. They tell the story all the time because they understand how critical this salvation was for the Jews as a people. So let's listen as Dr. Shaw tells us more about this day of victory that the Jews experienced and how they conducted themselves that day. It's very clear in this passage of Scripture, they took no spoils. It says over and over again that they did not take the prey. They, in other words, that this was not... Because remember the motivation of the Persians to kill the Jews was that you can kill them and you can take all their stuff. What a terrible way to run a country. So when the Jews gathered together to defend themselves, it says that they could defend themselves and they, they killed their enemies, those that would take their life. There's a clear biblical case here for self-defense, by the way. But, the, but not self-defense for the sake of economics. You can't, not self-defense for the sake of money, not self-defense for the sake of stuff, not the self-defense for the sake of getting rich. Or even getting rich is a byproduct of self-defense. And so they took no spoils. It was purely self-defense. But I, I want you to understand a little bit of the significance of this day. Because it's a day that has been celebrated 
and it's a day that is very important. But I, I, but I don't know if you understand the significance of it as far as human history. We have in the last century one of the great horrific events that has happened in all of human history. We call it the Holocaust. We take our seniors every year to Washington, D.C. One of the places that we go when we take our senior, seniors in Washington, D.C. is the Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C. I've had a chance to be to go to the Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C., and I've had a chance to go to the Holocaust Museum that is in Jerusalem. It was a fascinating thing to go to the Holocaust Museum that is in Jerusalem and see people standing reading names knowing that the people whose names they were reading were their relatives and their friends. But it wasn't just Jerusalem. We went. My wife and I went as sponsors for the trip one day and they she got a little card. They give you a little card. It's an ID card like you would get when you're going into the prison camp. Then they take you and they put you in the elevator and the elevator's made to look like one of the cattle cars that people would, would have been carried in as they were carried to those prison camps. So they gave her the little ID card and the lady that gave her the ID card, she looked at it and she said, you need to go talk to that man. And there was an older man that was standing, working there in the museum. And so we went and talked to him and we showed him the card and he said, this, it was his wife. The woman on the card was his wife. It was a horrible thing. Six million Jews killed. You understand that that could have happened on this day. In one day. In fact, what could have happened on this day could have made it so there wouldn't have been any other days. Israel as a nation could have been, for all practical purposes, wiped out as a nation on this day. An entire nation uh, was preserved. By the way, it was a matter of self-defense. We talked about the only Persians killed were those who fought. It was a holocaust prevented. Notice the significance of this. It says that on that day, roughly 75,000 of the enemies of the Jews were killed. Now, you know what's so significant about that? Their enemies were significant because here's what had happened. There was this plot to kill all the Jews, right? The decree had gone out to all, to all the nations under the Persian Empire that you can kill the Jews on the 13th of the month. Then the decree goes out and says things have changed and they can now defend themselves on the 13th day of the month. And we have governmental leadership who, go, who is afraid of the Jews and people that are going out to defend the Jews. And still, 75,000 went on the offensive against the Jews. How many more would have if the tide had not turned? As far as we can tell, by the way, you want the significance of this day? Aside from natural disasters, there were not more killed in one day until anybody know in human history? Now, it is possible we talk about one-day battles. and You go back and you start researching one-day battles and how many are killed in one day. And you can go to all the one-day battles of human history and you can find more casualties. But remember when they talk about casualties, they talk about killed, wounded, or missing. And you can go to all these one-day battles and you don't have any more one, any one-day battles that are greater than this except a battle that happened prior to this in the Old Testament in which 500,000 were killed on one day. Now, it, it is likely that there was a battle... That, in um, World War I, in which you had half a million killed over a seven to eight day battle. 
might well be that there were more killed on one day of that battle. But you still get into the 20th century before we have a record of more killed on one day than this day. It is a significant day in human history. So we have the selected one-day battles. For instance, you go to um, several different websites, history websites, and talk about the Battle of Cannae, uh, 216 B.C., 50,000 casualties. This includes dead, wounded, missing, prisoners of war. Uh, Towton, uh, War of Roses, March 29th, 1461, 28,000. Um, you have in the Napoleonic Wars, 73,000 killed on one day, or 73,000. Sharpsburg, Antietam and Sharpsburg, 23,000. But remember, that's killed... Wounded, missing. First World War, July 1st, 1916, 70,000 on one day. D-Day landing, 17,000. You compare that, 17,000 killed, wounded, or or missing on D-Day, and on this day, 75,000. You get a sense of the magnitude of what happened on this day. You say, you know, I don't understand the Old Testament. I don't understand the Old Testament where God decrees that the people will die. Or, or there are commandments to execute people. It seems that God should be a God of love and that, and that should never happen. Do you understand? There is a sense in which 50,000, God decrees that 50,000 people will die every day because every one of us will die. And our death is in the hands of God. And he is not guilty for it. The fact that we have life is more than we deserve. The fact that any of the Persians had opportunity to stop, to change, to do something different was more than what they deserve. And so we remember this celebration. So there was a celebration of this. How did the celebration of this this particular day, this particular event work. Well, notice what it says. We go to verse 20, and Mordecai wrote these things, they sent letters, and it says in verse 21, to establish this among them that they should keep what day? The 14th day of the month Adar, and the 15th month. Now, what? why these days? Dr. Shaw will come back to explain why this victory was celebrated on a certain day and the significance behind that date. Stay tuned. You're listening to Dare to Stand with Dr. Kevin Shaw as we conclude our study in the book of Esther with a message today titled, Remembering Deliverance. Dare to Stand is a radio outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church. Please visit daretostand.org for more details about Dr. Shaw's church or this radio ministry. Here's Dr. Shaw to talk about an addiction recovery ministry going on at his church, Northwest, called Freedom That Lasts. Hello, this is Kevin Shaw. Are you or someone you know dealing with the agony of an addiction? You cannot change what you do until you let God change who you are. Freedom That Lasts is a discipleship ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church that applies the life-transforming principles of the gospel and Christian growth to the problems of life-dominating sins and addictions. All of this happens in an atmosphere of love and accountability. If you would like to know more information about this important ministry, give us a call at 623-581-3115 or visit our website at daretostand.org. 
Go to the home page and click the Discipleship Connections button. Thank you, Dr. Shaw. For more details about how you can get involved in the Freedom That Lasts Addiction Recovery Discipleship Ministry, please call 623-581-3115 or visit nwbbc.org. Now, let's get back to Dr. Shaw as he tells us why the Jews celebrate their victory on a certain day as we hear more about how they remember their deliverance. Here's our teacher. Why, when the battle was on the 13th day, did they celebrate on the 14th and the 15th day? Well, here's, he explains it. As the days wherein the Jews rested from their enemies. They're not celebrating the battle. They're celebrating the peace. They're celebrating the protection that followed the battle. And of course, it was, it was, there were a lot of things that included on this day. There's feasting. There was gladness, sending presents to one another. Um, a celebration, it was a celebration of peace and safety. And it was something that is very important to the Jews. It's not a celebration of death and destruction, but a celebration of peace and safety. And it was something that was commanded. It was something very important for the, to do. They were supposed to remember the fasting and the trouble. The, the celebration of Purim would start with some fasting, uh, a short minimal fast, we'll talk about that. It's remembering the joy and victory. And so in order to remember this day and to remember it as something that is really important, they have to remember the trouble that was on its way and they also remember the joy and the victory that came at the end of it. And so, and it was supposed to be remembered from generation to generation and from this moment, this day has been celebrated and remembered even to the present time. There are several things that happen as the Jews celebrate Purim, and we'll just talk about these as they celebrate them today and traditionally have done it throughout, uh, the history, throughout history. First of all, there would be three blessings read on that day. The three blessings are praises that are spoken to God in which the people bless God. The first one says this, Blessed art thou, Lord, our God, Master of the universe, who sanctified us with his commandments and commanded us regarding the reading of the Megillah. That's uh, their word for the several different books of Scripture together, but means specifically the book of Esther in this particular context. The second blessing is this, Blessed art thou, Lord, our God, Master of the universe, who performed miracles for our fathers in those days and at this time. And then the third blessing is this one. Blessed art thou, Lord, our God, Master of the universe, who has kept us alive and has sustained us and brought us to this season. You know, it's interesting that we come to this Christmas season. And we, we have this Christmas season, this celebration because it's tradition. You know, it's the certain time of year and it's what everybody does and they you know, they sell stuff in the stores and they do all of this. But while the world has gotten hold of it and takes this Christmas season and uses it, Christmas for us is very much a similar type of thing in which we stop and we remember the blessing that God has poured upon us. The, the idea of taking time to specifically remember the things that God has done for us, it's important. It's not just a matter of ritual, it's a matter of commandment. And we have in the New Testament specific commandments of this type of thing. Now, it's not necessarily, not necessarily the Christmas season, although the Christmas season is an important thing for us to do, but we have, for instance, the Lord's table. 
in which we are commanded to remember the Lord's death till He's come. We have the ordinance such as baptism in which we demonstrate to people what God has done in our lives. Jesus Christ died on a cross for us. He saved us for a sin, from, our, from our sin and He has brought us to a place of personal faith in Jesus Christ. We have in Scripture, in our own practice, God commanded either by direct or by principle, times for us to remember. It's interesting, you go back through the Old Testament and you have over and over the children of Israel either having celebrations or setting up memorials or being reminded. Why is that? It's because it's so easy for us to forget It's so easy from generation to generation to forget what God has done. You know, I I think one of the reasons at times that our children and our grandchildren don't buy in is because we never bothered to tell them what God did for us and how God blessed. We never bothered to remind them of how, you remember when you were a little child and we prayed for this and God gave us this or God accomplished this. Do your children, for instance, know about how you got saved? Do your grandchildren know your personal testimony? Do they know? It isn't something that we just ought to tell every once in a while. It's something that we ought to regularly repeat how God has delivered us. The children of Israel also celebrated. They had a minor fast uh, to, to, to remember Esther's fast. Then, of course, there would be the reading of the book of Esther. And so in the celebration of Purim, there would be the reading of the book of Esther and the, the people would gather together at the synagogue or wherever and they would start and there would be no... Once the, once the rabbi starts reading the book of Esther, there would be no talking until it was done, but there would be noises. Let me explain to you how this might work. Uh, for instance... Uh, we might start reading, let's, let's, let's start in chapter 7. I might start reading a little bit of the book of Esther. They would read the book of Esther from the beginning to the end. Now, I'm not going to do that tonight because I've given you a synopsis of the book of Esther from the beginning to the end. And so as the people would gather together, oftentimes the children would dress up as characters in the book. Very few of them, I would think, would dress up like Haman, but they might dress, the boys like, might dress up like uh, Mordecai, and the girls might dress up, would dress up like Esther, and so that they would be, you know, all these little Esthers and, and uh, Mordecais. And then as they read, people would be listening to the book, and they would anticipate when the name of Haman, the evil one, would come. And the, and the people, as they read, would boo and they would hiss when Haman's name, so people couldn't hear Haman's name in the story. And so there would be cheering for Esther, and there would be cheering for, for Mordecai, and there would be booing for Haman. Do you think we could do that? Let's try it. Come on. Let's, go. Let's start in chapter... Now, you need to open your Bible so you can anticipate. And I'm going to start reading in Esther chapter 7... Verse 1. Ready? Uh, This is a good one for the young people to sort of get into. Alright? So here we go. So the king and Haman came to the banquet with Esther, the queen. And the king said unto Esther on the second day at the banquet of Queen Esther, and it shall be granted unto thee, what is thy request? And it shall be performed even to the half of the kingdom. 
Then Esther, the queen, answered and said, If I have found favor in thy sight, O king, and if it please the king, let my life be given me at my petition, and my people at my request, for we are sold, and I and my people, to be slain and to perish. But if we had been sold for bondmen and for bondwomen, I had held my tongue, although the enemy could not countervail the king's damage. Then the king Ahasuerus answered and said unto Esther, the queen, who is he and where is he that durst presume in his heart to do so? And Esther said, the adversary and enemy is this wicked Haman. Then Haman was afraid before the king and the queen. Oh, you got into it. By the way, when you do that, when you have that kind of reading, whose attention do you get? The children. Which is the point for them to remember from generation to generation. You know, there are people sometimes who complain. You know, we, the things we do at church, we just do so much for the kids. We need to do more stuff for the adults. You have all these children's programs and all this children teaching and all of that. Do you understand? That is essential to our mission. To communicate from one generation to the next the goodness of our God. Pastor Shaw will be back to share some closing thoughts about how the Jews remember their deliverance and then pass along that remembrance to every generation. Stay tuned. You're listening to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, where our teacher, Dr. Kevin Shaw, serves as senior pastor. Northwest Valley Baptist Church is located at 4030 West Yorkshire Drive in Glendale. That's just south of the 101 at 40th Avenue. Sunday worship service is at 9.30 a.m. Adult Bible studies and Sunday school for all ages are at 11 a.m. And Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. Child care is provided for all services. Wednesday evening activities include prayer meetings, children's and teens programs. Northwest Valley Baptist Church also offers a quality traditional Christian education for your children, grades K-12, through at Arrowhead Christian Academy, located right on the church property at 40th Avenue and Yorkshire Drive. For more details about the church, kids' programs, this radio broadcast, or to register your kids for Arrowhead Christian Academy, please visit www.daretostand.org or call 623-581-3115. Dare to Stand is a listener-supported ministry. If Dr. Shaw's teaching is a blessing to you, we encourage you to take the opportunity to support this program with a tax-deductible donation of any amount. Your donations help to pay broadcast expenses, and that helps keep Dr. Shaw on the air. Please call 623 581 3115 or visit dare which will link you to the church website where you can download free copies of Pastor Shaw's sermons. Remember, you can listen to Dare to Stand on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. on this same station. 
And you're always invited to visit Northwest Valley Baptist Church for Sunday morning services in person at 9.30 a.m. and Sunday evening teaching and discipleship at 6 p.m. I'm Celeste Montague. Thank you for listening with us to this great study in the book of Esther. Now, here's Dr. Shaw with a closing thought about how the Jews remember their deliverance from annihilation and how we should also remember and pass along that remembrance to the next generation. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time for more great Bible teaching right here on Dare to Stand. The children, of course, dress up. We talked about booing when Haman's name is read. Let me just ask you this question. Do you rejoice? Do you remember how God has delivered to you? Do you do it haphazardly? Or do you do it on purpose? You should.